it's Liz Kelly. I want to tell you about our great football coverage on the Ringer Podcast Network. Every Monday, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal recap the weekend and guess next week's NFL lines on the BS Podcast. On Wednesday mornings, Ryan Russillo hits the hardest angles in college and pro football on our new podcast, Dual Threat. And on Wednesday nights, Cousin Sal and the Degenerate Trifecta figure out the best gambling angles on Against All Odds. And five times per week, the Ringer NFL show reacts to the latest news with Kevin Clark, Robert Mays, Tate Frazier, Mike Lombardi, and the Danacy football crew. Subscribe to the BS Podcast, Dual Threat, Against All Odds, and the Ringer NFL show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We have a very, very special pre-Hell in the Cell edition today. I'm here in the Ringer New York studios, as seemingly always, with my dear friend, the King of Sad Style, Dan St. Germain. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm great. I'm excited for Hell in a Cell. I heard man, you had the some... The largest calves in the world is ready to extol the virtues of <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Always pro WWE is this man. Um, the our heel producer Jim is sitting in the studio in LA, just staring at a wall at this point. True, um, but we're all very excited about WWE Hell in a Cell. We got a little bit of news, nothing too exciting jumping off the page this week. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. It's a conversation that we end up talking in circles around all the time because we don't know exactly how to have the conversation. But I just want to talk about Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. All right, like the, the, these two guys have been going at it. They've been circling each other for a while. Um, they're finally going to be. I mean, Roman Reigns finally won the title at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and Roman. I mean, Braun Strowman's cash in was all tied up in that. So was the Shields reuniting, right? So, like, all these right. things are going together now. Roman, no, Braun Strowman was driven so mad by the Shields' interference that he sort of turned back heel. Founded his own little villainous posse. Somehow exerted mind control over all the villains on the roster. Um, all to sort of even the odds. But the original evening of the odds, the first thing that, to be fair, probably could have carried us through this whole month um, was that he wanted to have Roman Reigns in the cell. And that way it would keep everybody else out and he could get his get a clean means of cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase. I know I miss some stuff. We're going to go back through everything. But... On a scale of one to ten, Dan, how excited are you for this match? Six to seven. And on a scale of, well, I mean, and do you think you is it? Would it be possible for you to be a ten or even a nine right now? I mean, do you think Look, it's WWE's here's fault? Here's why I'm excited because I want to lead with the positive foot first today. Do it. When Undertaker and Mankind went up against each other in Hell in a Cell, uh-huh. the general reaction from the crowd was, "Oh, they're doing this again." Mm-hmm. I mean, they, because they had had so many matches, and at the time, it kind of didn't make sense. This this makes sense way more storyline-wise. Um, these guys have proven to have great matches before. Uh, Roman is one of those rare quasi-big men who can work with uh, really big men, and it looks great. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun watching them throw each other through the cell doors. I think, you know, because neither of those guys can fall off the top of the cell, I think it would be super fun if the whole the the whole match becomes them just throwing each other through the cell doors to the point of where the ceiling falls in, you know, like oh, through, through the, the panels, opposite, like through, through the, the panels. wall panels. Yes, through yeah. the wall panels. I don't know if the ceiling can really fall in, but that that to me would be super entertaining, and I haven't seen that before. And then they 
Wait, can you, you don't win Hell in a Cell by getting out of the cell? No, but it, that's like a fun ad- oh, like but it's for like these it looks- guys because you're not going to have the situation with them where one of them is going to fall off the top of the cell. And if they do, it's going to be so gimmicked like when Rikishi fell off the top of the yeah, cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love this it. idea. <laughs> it, it should be just like two guys destroying a cage together. So really, I'm excited I, about the actual match, and I thought Foley's promo. Well, was now great. now that you've now that you've certainly suggested something that'll be better than the actual execution, <laughs> I really am mad at you. Hey, internet, uh, that was David who dropped that truth bomb, not old Saint Germain. That would be great if that w- that would be really cool if they knocked down the entire cage and then they had to do go to like the end game of the match like on their knees because the cage was so short. It's like living <laughs> it's like living in a tenement apartment <laughs> just because of the uh, Stooges sketch. <laughs> um. Or yeah, what if the cage, what if the roof fell sideways and they couldn't get to each other? And that was the, yeah, it was just pokes from that point <laughs> on. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that, I mean, that you're right. This match is going to be, I think this match could be really good. First of all, um, Roman Reigns, I, all the hate for Roman Reigns is understandable, but we can give it a break right now. Right? Well, give him a fresh start. Is it time for me to be critical yet? Okay. I'll s- <laughs> Roman WWE. Reigns is a literal murderer. No, WWE has uh, did exactly what I thought they were going to do by turning Strowman heel. Uh, they didn't get people to boo or cheer for Strowman, and now the boos aren't as ferocious for Roman. You know, they're they're the, the cheers are still there for the Shield, but they're kind of like it, it just. The reaction now that Strowman is getting when he enters is kind of flat, and the boos for Roman aren't as piercing. So by like turning Strowman heel, they were actually able to cool off both their characters in both directions. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Well, I mean, they're not booing Roman Reigns. That could be seen as a good thing. I agree with you. I, I mean, the the worst reaction is no reaction in wrestling. Yeah, they're getting a reaction. I want to go see him live. I want to feel that shield it, pop in real. And, and I mean, Roman knows how to wrestle a match. By the end of the match, you're going to be cheering for Roman because he actually knows how to wrestle in the ring as a babyface. He's very, he's a very like, good wrestler. As as he he wrestles in a babyface style where you you're tricked into clapping for him by the end of it. Well, that's not true. And then that's the, the, the job. Yeah, but the boos then happen afterwards. It's almost like if you watch almost any Roman Reigns match, there's a weird cheer that happens after he gets the pinfall, and then. The audience goes, wait, wait a second. And then they start booing. Those are the real fans cheering and all the snarky smart marks who boo afterwards. They're a moment late because they're all busy, you know, on their slurping down their smoothies. Smoothies. I don't think their, I've never had their a smoothie cherry cokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Mountain Dew Code Reds. Yeah. Mountain Dew Code Reds. I, listen, I think this is this has the potential to be a really cool match. I also think that like it's impossible. I am not. I'm not mad. I'm not as mad on Strowman turning heel as some people are. <clears throat> and I, because I think it makes sense. I think of all the stupid motivations in all the world of wrestling. If like you're about to win the title and some guy like gets his three friends come and beat you up, or his two friends come and help beat you up. You'd be mad. You'd do whatever it took. It doesn't make sense. They had a white hot baby face. They turned him heel. Oh, you're saying it doesn't make sense from a front office perspective. Or a business perspective. And from a storyline perspective, it's just confusing storytelling. The whole thing has been super confusing. I was okay with him cashing in right after the match, and I've said this before, which me and Lawrence and some other people have, have disagreed with. But now bringing in these two, it just... I don't know. And I think Strum is going to win the title at some point. I don't think it's going to be at Hell in a Cell. But I guarantee you now his title wins are going to be very similar to Big Show's title wins, which are kind of like almost every single one of them, both of them at Survivor Series, you know, one against, I, I forget, I, I forget it was Triple H and somebody else in a triple threat match, maybe The Rock, and one against Brock Lesnar. They were very confusing. Like they won, they, he won the title, but in a way of like, oh, you're putting the title on him now. Uh-huh. I feel like that's going to uh, like exactly what's going to happen to Strowman. Like they're, they're they see Strowman as the next big show where they're like, we we can turn him heel or face as many times as we want. I feel like that that's that's his route. Like well, he'll don't be, get too far ahead. Of he'll yourself, be a no. face again within the year. No, guarantee on. it. Oh no, I think that's possible. Listen, I think that I will take back all. I, I'm. We always say this. Just give them time. See what see what happens. WWE might have a plan. They don't have a plan. 
But well, they do on some SmackDown. Was no, good. no, no, no. I mean, I, I, for, but for all, for what, good. for what I'm already regretting what I'm about to say, which was, listen, if they break up, if Strowman disassociates with Ziggler and McIntyre without any reason, rationale, or I mean, if they just sort of are off doing a different thing, like if the whole point is to have three on like a six man tag for the mm. for the the what's the Australia show called? Super the show. Super Smackdown. Super show. Yeah. The Super Showdown. Super Showdown. If the whole point is that we just need a three on three non title main event for the Super Showdown and then like literally the day after the heels aren't really friends anymore. Yeah. Then this is the whole thing has been dumb. I agree with that. Well, I think that's what's going to happen because they're probably saving like the Wyatt family reunion for the Survivor Series against the Shield. There's some rumor that Bray's uh, Bray's going to be repackaged and repushed as a single. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't do a Wyatt family for Shield at Survivor Series. They did that once and then tear the house down. I'm going to start a dirt sheet. I'm just going to start an all wrestling rumors Twitter account where once a week I say. From what I hear, Bray Wyatt's being repackaged and going to get a new push as a single. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we have Roman Reigns. Let's 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 go through this whole thing. Roman Reigns has basically become WWE's. Oh man, I'm going to get so much heat. He's basically become their like bad Bret Hart, where he just carries big oafs to good matches. I mean, I think that's underselling Strowman a little bit, right? He's not. I mean, but is Johnny it underselling? Gonzalez. No, Strowman's good. Strowman's good. But I think that the, this. I think Strowman versus Bobby Lashley would be real bad. Yeah, but Roman versus Bobby Lashley was real bad. It was pretty good. Oh come on! That wasn't. I think that was on Lashley. Sure, but I'm neither of those guys. Those guys are both good. They can't. Like I think Roman can carry more people than Braun, but Braun's good. Now, yeah, no, Braun, man, Braun's very like good for should. a big man. Yeah. So this has the potential to be a, an actually really good match. And they have the cage. And they have the cage. And it's. So who do you think is going to win? I mean, I think Roman's got to win through some sort of chicanery. Shout out Dave Schilling. Excuse me? Yeah, I mean, maybe those guys, though. I, I think it's, I, 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 I think it's going to be kind of predictable. But, you know, I, what I think is going to happen is. Um, you know, like Strowman's going to put his hands on Foley, you know, beat him up. And then Rome, Rome that's going to cause like Roman to go crazy, beat up Strowman. Then Ziggler and McIntyre are going to get involved. Then the shield come out. And then you're going to see some impressive spot that makes the crowd pop, maybe with a power bomb through either a table uh, in the ring. Or if, if it was in my way, what I would do is you do. You have Strowman with the with a piece of cage over him, and then you do a triple power bomb with Ziggler onto the cage, bounces off him, and they remove the cage and they pin Strowman. Wait, triple power bomb off the cage, like a cage wall on top of Strowman in the middle of the ring. Uh-huh. Imagine that, and then they triple power bomb Ziggler on top of that. You get a good pop because Ziggler knows how to. God, I didn't know we had Pat Patterson in the studio today. This is some oh, he's great. Close, he's a close personal friend. Listen. I want to talk a little bit about Mick Foley, who is now the special guest referee for no particular reason. Number one, man, I feel like I'm in a bad, I'm just going to come off as, as being in a bad mood today, although I'm in a really good mood. We Sometimes we talk shit about a, about wrestlers who live the gimmick a little bit too long. Right. You know, it's like, like Hulk Hogan basically just has like a mustache and blonde, like long hair taped to a completely bald head at this point. You know, you just yeah. like every time you got in public, you got to be in the, you got to, you got to keep the look forever. That's what every wrestler does. Right. And rock star and everything else. You, you keep the look of your highest, your greatest level of fame. Yeah. Into perpetuity. Mick Foley and, is the opposite of that. And part of me wishes he was, he would sort of stick with the, I mean, he does still wear like the baggy pants and the flannel when he comes out. But every, but every time he makes a comeback, it looks like he has had his haircut on a dare. Like it's like every time he comes back, he has some bad version of a goatee or beard, and it's like, and you can tell he just did it. But it's not like his famous look, you know. It's not. It's all. It's some weird iteration. And he had like little orphan Annie's haircut when he popped up on Raw. He had this like these know, tight man. curls. I mean, come on. He's never. He's never been a hair guy. He's not Michael's where he's got like the mop top. But he he always had the long hair. And it's fine if he doesn't. Just settle into your eyes with that guy. You know, my uh, past will become your future. It's a great line. 
No, he's he's very good. He's very good at what he does. So he came out on Monday night and was basically like, "I'm going to be the, the, the I'm going to be the the referee in this main event match." And man, Elias has found himself in such a great position where his segments are always great every week because you know he's the guy that I guess now that you come back and talk to, he's like you know the promo to interrupt for whoever. It's funny because he is anybody without actually over gimmicking it. He has had. Like he's become the heartbreak hotel or Piper's pit or whatever else. He goes out to sing yeah. and people come out to interrupt him and they don't need to make like a production. They don't need to give it a name. Of course yeah. they will now. They were they're gonna call it like the recording studio with Elias. Yeah. Um Elias unplugged. Oh. Although he's plugged, so it doesn't make any sense. WWE unplugged. WWE unplugged. De- well, well, I don't want to give him any more ideas. Um <laughs> So Mick Foley comes out and he's like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to, I mean, do you, does it help this Matt? What do you think? Why is Mick Foley here? I'm glad that Mick Foley's here. Why is he here? Look, they should have set it up better. But in, but that's my, the, no, no, I in mean, my spirit of being positive this week, because I am a positive wrestling fan that loves the product, I'd say it's cool that Mick Foley is involved. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to turn down a Mick Foley promo. You know, they did the same. I mean, I think that they're a little bit desperate. And, you know, they did a similar thing. But desperate thing when, for what? Like, do we think When Nash not? and Triple H had that Hell in a Cell match, they kind of threw Foley in there to try to make him like the third man. I, it's a little bit, you know, it's it's overbooked for sure. But look, I'm not going to say no to it. Maybe, you know, I, what I was thinking watching it is like, maybe now Foley, which would be a really f- interesting place for him to be because you don't want to see him as the GM again. You definitely don't want to see him wrestle again so he doesn't get hurt. What if he's the guy that leads you through the river sticks? You know, like he's the ferryman to hell in a cell. Like love it. He's always there for the main event of hell in a cell. Like he's now part of the match itself. What if by some weird contractual thing, he actually owns the hell in a cell structure. (laughs) So he just has to show up every time. Yeah. Just make sure it's rigged correctly. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I mean, I think, I think that could be really cool. I think that it would be fun to see him take another run like, you know, as a non-wrestler, but a little bit on the dark side. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have that, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when Ulysses goes to Hades, like he's he's always there. He's the dead soldier ushering you into hell. I'll take your word for that. Thank you. It's a very famous book. Uh, Ulysses uh, goes to Hades, Catcher in the Rye. It's from Catcher in the Rye. Uh, <laughs> so Mick Foley's there. Presumably, we'll get involved to some extent. What do we know? But he he's healthier now, right? Didn't he have some hip replacements or whatever, and he's doing better? I hope so. I really don't know. He was he looked a lot better than the last time I saw him in I real thought, life. I thought so too. Um, I thought he looked really good. So, let me see. I'm going to read through Wikipedia to make sure we got all this right. At SummerSlam, Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to win the Universal Championship. Right. Brock Lesnar then is is dead. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, before the match began, Money in the Bank contract winner Braun Strowman came out and declared that he would be cashing in on the winner of the match and stayed at ringside. Strowman, however, was incapacitated by Lesnar during the match, preventing him from cashing in. This distraction allowed Re- Reigns to defeat Lesnar and win the championship the next night on Raw. Strowman once again attempted to cash in after Reigns successfully defended the title against Finn Balor, but was stopped by Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, coming to the aid of Reigns, reforming the shield. The following week, Strowman confronted Reigns and announced that he would be cashing in at Hell in a Cell inside the cell so Ambrose and Reigns could not interfere. And then on September, they skip over Lesnar, I mean, uh, Ziggler and and McIntyre, weirdly. And then it says on December 10th, McFoley was named the special referee. So we hit on all that stuff. It's all very strange. This has been a very weird month in wrestling. I'm, I'm excited for this match. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted wanted to take a moment to really talk about this match because we talk about how great Roman or how bad Roman is or how great Strowman is or vice versa, uh, and it just seems sort of to go without saying. I think that I think that WWE has made a really interesting choice by putting Roman on top, but putting him with the Shield. Well, I think that was a smart choice. Yeah, um, and everything. I don't know how they're going to get out of this now, but they. But yeah. Well, unfortunately, they they turned them into the Shield of. The Shield, they were in November before Ambrose got uh, injured, which is just a bunch of good guys working together, beating people up. I really thought from that Raw after WrestleMania that we were going to see not the heel Shield, 
but that shield that you know it, it, it that that sort of gray in the middle shield that showed up and you know like we're here for justice and although they worked as a heel there was some sort of like they they kind of went out and said we're not faces or heels yeah that's what i thought we were going to get but you know we didn't get that you can choose to cheer for man that's true <laughs> oh man well, it's going to be, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. You know, we always say about these pay-per-views that it's, or at least I always say it, that, you know, it doesn't really matter who wins or loses. Obviously, it's fake, but just sort of, it's in, it's always interesting to see kind of what the winner of the law says about the future, so the the near future of the company. Well, if they're doing the super show, they're obviously not going to blow off this feud just yet. So, I think, is it, do we, have, they uh, have they announced what it's going to be on the super showdown? I thought it was a triple threat match. I mean, they're not going to blow off this feud until... With Strowman and Reigns aren't going to be done. No, yeah, it's three on three. The Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. Uh, Strowman and Reigns aren't going to be done until after Survivor Series. So nothing's going to happen. No, Roman Reigns will win the title. It'll be his first successful... real. I mean, he beat Balor, but it'll, you know, it'll be his first real pay-per-view successful title defense. And we will continue the, continue the unending era of Roman Reigns. I hope he defends it at Evolution. That'd be so awesome. Uh, okay, so that's our big main event. It's inside the cell. There'll be some kind of spot. Yeah. Um, it uh, probably means there'll be less insane stuff in the cell leading up to that. How many cell matches do we have? I think we just have two. Oh, is it just the two of them? I don't know. I, I heard a rumor that Charlotte and Becky will be in a cell, but I don't know if that's true anymore. I thought it was, but you're right. It's not listed as one. Um, I, I heard mixed messages on that. I mean, the second big Hell in a Cell match, if we want to jump into it, is Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Dan, before we move on to the rest of the card, let's take a quick break. People always ask me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this football season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Not to mention they have in-game, live betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Plus, for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So lay down some cash and win big today. You win, they pay. My bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everybody the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional 25 bucks free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code MASKEDMAN when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code MASKEDMAN when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, let's get to the rest of the Hell in the Cell card. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton is in the cell. What did you think about that Jeff Hardy promo? Again, spirit of positivity. I thought that that was the best promo Jeff Hardy's done since coming back. I was not, I didn't think it was a bad promo. It seemed, his energy seemed a little bit down, but I thought it was a, it was a well-composed and delivered promo, but the energy was really off for me. I will say this whole feud, like, I don't know what to compare it to. It's like, it's like an episode of, of what's a great TV show that I don't, it's like, it's like John Oliver. Like yeah. I like I could watch like I could miss like all but three episodes a year of John Oliver and there'd be nothing missing from my life. But every time I watch it, I'm just like, this is a damn good show. And I understand why people are into it. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of how I feel about this. Like, I don't like if, if I'm watching John Oliver and like, you know, someone outside yells free ice cream and beer, I'm not even going to bother pausing it. I'm just going to go outside and enjoy the free ice cream and beer. You know, my life's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's how I'm about I, I this. Like, John Oliver's a little better than that, but I do agree. No, I love John. I love the show. I'm just trying to think of a show that I don't, I'm not a religious watcher, you know? <sighs> yeah. I and mean, that's how I feel about this feud in general. When I, I like, I find myself skipping through it, but then when I don't skip through it, I always, like, if I like, if I just leave it on, I find I'm totally wrapped up in it. I'm not really wrapped. I haven't really. I've been wrapped up here and there. I got you know the ear thing. I thought was great. Um, I do think Orton needed this for his character. 
You know, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan in the world. I've said that before. I, I've ha- I've loved him at times when he was with the Authority and when he first had the Legend Killer gimmick. Um, heel Randy Orton is infinitely more interesting than face Randy Orton. I'm I'm sure he would agree with that. Uh, but you know, Orton really hasn't had a lot of great Hell in a Cell matches. His match with the Undertaker was decent, but you know, the ones with Cena have been forgettable. And I think he had one with Sheamus, or that was kind of forgettable. I don't think like his style of wrestling is conducive to that sort of spot fest. Yeah. And I mean, Hardy could do some cool shit, but I'm also like, Hardy's like in his early 40s, right? Or late 30s. It's like, you almost don't want to see him do it. And it's just, a, you know, it, it, it does say something good about the company that like there are four matches that could be in Hell in a Cell, right? They, they or, or five, really, if, if you took the, if you took Bree and... Maurice out of the mixed tag match. Uh, that means that they've done something right, booking wise. Um, should I do? I think that Charlotte and Becky, or Samoa Joe and AJ, that either one of those could have used a sell. Yeah. I do. Uh, maybe not both of them. It was weird. Maybe then, and they th- announced street it. fight with Charlotte and Becky, and then yeah, they. I mean, they. This is the problem with Hell in a Cell. The pay per view every year is it like it's. Uh, it should not be a desti- steel cage match. Should not be a destination. It should no. be the it should be the logical end of a storyline. Absolutely, I, I think that everyone can agree with that. Is that the idea of a hell in a cell pay per view? I'm fine with you know, but the idea of a gimmick match as a pay per view, whether it's hell in a cell or TLC, is kind of lame. Like extreme rules, I can get behind that. It's once a year, okay, yeah. sure, because there's a lot of different. You know, you could spice that up a little bit. Right. Um, and have like, you know, a, a rule for the match. It doesn't necessarily be, or it can just be, you know, the yeah, extreme rules. I'm fine. With. And I'm okay with the dumb setups where it's like every year someone manages to like, it's like three weeks before the pay-per-view. And so like, you know, Charlotte pulls out a kendo stick randomly it's like, and then yeah. it becomes a, you know, whatever. Like, that's fine. I don't care. I'm, I don't complain about the silliness, of the storytelling. Just like not everything needs to be in a hell in a cell. Also, and not e- and, and, Halloween and, Havoc is so cool. Bring that back. Oof. Come on. It was fun. Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. With the electricity? Well, you know, we can skip the electricity part. All right. Bring back the Yeti. Um, That's what Mick Foley should be coming back for. (laughs) He'd be like, guys, I was once in a steel cage where I electrocuted Abdullah the Butcher and the switch was broken and it was wrestle crap. Was Yeti Halloween Havoc, by the way, or is that somewhere else? I don't even remember where Yeti was. (laughs) God, Yeti. It didn't even look like a Yeti. No, it was a mummy. I don't understand. A Yeti's a thing. Whose uh, idea was this? Because it's uh, Kevin Sullivan. It, it it does. It sounds like a Kevin Sullivan idea. It was Nitro, October twenty third, really? ninety five. Nitro. Oh, I thought that was Halloween Havoc. Yeah, so it was right before Halloween Havoc. I'm guessing October twenty. Did he show 95. up at Halloween Havoc too? Yeah, he was an insurance policy for the Dungeon of Doom. How long did he last? Halloween Havoc 1995. This is WWE.com. Halloween Havoc 1995 was a turning point for the Dungeon of Doom and featured its most ludicrous attraction. At the conclusion of the main event, a massive seven foot two tower of a man so hobbled to the ring. It wasn't Halloween Havoc. It wasn't nice. Wrapped up in what appeared to be soiled bandages. This was the Yeti. What came next is perhaps the most inexplicable physical act to ever occur in a wrestling ring. With Hulk Hogan trapped in the giant's bear hug, the Yeti clutched Hogan from behind and began shaking and vibrating as if you were auditioning for a Miley Cyrus video. <laughs> you are seeing the end of Hulk Hogan, proclaimed Bobby Heenan. Soiled bandages is the worst jewel flavor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is this is an actual quote. They, they interviewed Sullivan. This is the Taskmaster's take. I hated the ending of that Halloween Havoc match. That wasn't my idea. I was given the idea by <laughs> Eric so Bischoff. he's basically like, we're like continuing this false narrative. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a Bischoff idea, though, does it? Here you go. The Yeti was a wonderful guy. That's an all-time great quote. The Yeti was a wonderful guy. Worked his butt off, but I didn't think he needed to be wrapped up like he was in, ga- in a gauze commercial. What is a gauze commercial? It's like bandages. I know, but, but like, are there bandage commercials out there? Anyway, uh, it started to get a little more out there as people got their hands into the direction of the Dungeon of, the, of Doom. When people say to me, where did you come up with that idea? It was so horrible. I always say... Don't you think I was the first one to know it was horrible? No. You were the head of Dungeon of Doom. Although, you know, I will say the Dungeon of Doom would have worked really well like late 80s, like right around the Satanic Panic. 
Oh yeah, would have done like it, like in the when well, we, that's what Kevin Sullivan kind of came up with. Like he was this little, he was a little pretty boy down in well, he came out. I think was he from Boston, but he down in Florida, and uh, and you go look at like old Kevin Sullivan pics because it's not the guy you remember. He was actually like a bodybuilder. He looked like a little like a mini Triple H or something because he's he looks much smaller, obviously, when he's like thin. Yeah, um, very small at Starcast. But yeah, when he was uh, still kick my ass. Though. Yeah, of course. But then when he when he started his first satanic gimmick, which is which we you know even people my age grew up with a little bit through NWA and WCW and stuff. But his earliest satanic stuff was really like people down in Florida thought he thought it was evil. And that was the time of the satanic panic. Like it yeah. was, that was, he was feeding into that. Well, if you live in Florida, you're in a constant state of satanic panic, but. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, no one remembers this because, um, but I guess some listeners of the show are in their late thirties, like, or early forties, but the satanic panic was like a real thing. So that made sense at the time. The only thing is, you know, some gimmicks don't, you know, so that that gimmick is like seafood. It's great at the restaurant, but don't bring it home. <laughs> anyway, um, I think the real important thing to take away from all this. Uh, by the way, what was the deal with the guy who was in charge of the Legion of the Dungeon Angle, of Doom? Gimmick, by the way, uh, I don't know. It's the guy. Who's the like, Welcome, my shark. Yeah, the master. It just says. No, that was the WWF guy. The, miser- the the first member of the Dungeon of Doom wasn't Sullivan. It was the master sitting on a throne in the dungeon. What did he look like? He had that garbage paint on his face. Yeah, it was like kind of bluish, I think. Yeah, it but like, like what the was genie that? from uh, Pee Wee Herman. It like did look kind of like Jombie. Jombie. Like a high, make a hiney ho. Yeah. I love oh, that, that was like, King Curtis Ikea. I love that you're like, all right, let's really segment the show and keep it on track. No, we're, we're talking, talking about the master. I, I was thinking about that exact same thing. <laughs> this is exactly what I want this show to be. Just just wild digressions into the worst parts. Uh, free of the flowing conversations. So no, Sullivan, I'm Sullivan free, and the free flowing. Get that man on Broadway! Wow, God. R.I.P. Sullivan and. <laughs> Sullivan and the master, Curtis Ikea, previously worked together in Eddie Graham's championship wrestling from Florida territory where uh, Sullivan created the Army of Darkness, which was a a predecessor to the Dungeon of Doom. It must be so weird. Like if you're like pushing for an angle like the Dungeon of Doom and you know you're like, this worked in Florida. I know it'll work here. I know it'll work here because every wrestling angle is is intrinsically ridiculous with the exception of maybe like a handful, right? You're like, I know it'll work here. And then if you put almost anything in wrestling anywhere else, even if it's wrestling a couple years later, it's ridiculous. You know, it's an it's a it's a medium that shouldn't work, but does. So you have to constantly like you almost have to constantly uh, keep reinventing it so people don't realize it's stupid. Yes, I think that's exactly right. That's a really smart take. And people are always going to learn the wrong lessons. I mean, everyone's ever had a job. Has right. been, like you have some, you have a modicum of success or a great success, and everybody's had that experience where their boss is like, "Yep, that really worked because I convinced you all to wear red T-shirts." You yeah, know, and you're or like, they have hey. a success, and it's like, you know, Hollywood does it all the time. You see, like This Is Us is really successful. So then there's ten shows that are clearly ripping off the This Is Us model. Yeah. And nobody right thought, afterwards. nobody stopped to think that maybe it just worked because like there was nothing else like it at the right. time, exactly, or because the world just really needed. But you know, multi generational adoption show. Somebody, you know, <laughs> some pe- sometimes that does work. Like you know, there's like you know, fucking five CSIs for a reason. Is this a wrestling podcast? It's a free flowing conversation, Jim. Oh, shit, okay, let's sorry. get back to the subject. Because we we're free. God, he's like Nathan Lane. Free flowing. <laughs> oh my god. If Jim or or Dan, if if there's any old WCW stables that makes sense to bring up along the period of the, as this conversation goes on, feel free to jump in. All right, oh, we I'm got ready for a Jersey Triad reference. We got oh, the Jersey Triad was good. Um, where where to start on this amazing show? Uh, we talked about Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton a little bit. I like the idea of Jeff Hardy refashioning himself into a legend killer of a different sort. Damn, that makeup was crazy this week. I loved it. Who, Ran- uh, Jeff Hardy's? Yeah. Did I just say Jeff Hardy? I like Randy Orton turning himself into a new, new form of legend killer. Yeah. Yeah, I like the, I like the face paint. I think I think he's pretty cool. I don't get... Now the only legend he's killing is his own. Yeah, I don't get what... Je- I know that I've complained about this a million times. 
Je- for Jeff, I-, I talked to Jeff a little bit over SummerSlam weekend. Putting on the face paint was like a big moment. The first time he did it, it was a big moment in his career, he feels like. You know, it was a new version. Yeah. I don't know why you don't get some new pants or new, new shirt. <laughs> I don't even mean that as a knock on the style. I mean, I mean like, what do his legs look like? That's the question. Well, you know, he, he could, could just wear, legs. he could just literally buy some more, mo- a more modern version. Thighs are the hardest thing to work on as a bodybuilder. That's what I hear. <laughs> as a professional bodybuilder. I love too that Jeff has this thing that where he, ta- where he's, I mean, he, listen, that, that long sleeve, tight, sparkly blue shirt that he's wearing on Tuesday, those cannot be available anymore. He had no, to buy, he had he had to to buy to like, 10 back in 1993. I mean, that was all, uh, that, that entire outfit was made at a Ron John surf shop. Yeah. Like he took like parts of a boogie board, <laughs> you know, some scuba. That was like what they used to sell lighting. at like Hot Topic or at some, whatever those mall stores were back yeah. in the day. A- anyway, um, we can pick winners if you want. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win really? Randy Orton. Really? Yeah. You think it's a given? Absolutely. I think that they're going to see backstage that Randy needs a big win um, because they probably want to feed him with AJ at some point um, or Daniel Bryan, whichever one comes first. And I, in- I, I just don't know. Like I always say this about Jeff Hardy, but you know, it's like Matt, you know, there's, there's rumblings that Matt is kind of, you know, transitioned to that backstage agent role. Uh huh. And I don't know, you know, how long Jeff Hardy is for that. You know, or or he looks good. So he does look good, but you know, Matt didn't look bad either. It's just that his body has taken so many fucking bumps, and Orton has just wrestled so much smarter than him over the years. When it's funny when like, I talk when I met investment. him at SummerSlam, I talked to him a little bit about like how his style translates to this day and age. And there's all these other guys working part time schedules. And then he had he said in an interview after that that he was a little bit of what he had said to me, which is that he didn't he just doesn't you know he doesn't do the big moves on the house shows anymore, and you yeah. know. Um, unless he's just feeling really good, which probably should not be the barometer. Uh, if I was going to fantasy book this, though, I would say I, w- I think it would be cool if Randy Orton started doing a little like, like, not well, I like a little bit of a low key Bray Wyatt thing where he just goes after all the legends of his era, get Shelton Benjamin in there. <laughs> well, those uh, are the people else? he clearly likes. To, he clearly the best matches that guy has are with people of his generation that he older. worked with when he was young. Yes, like Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Christian, he has really he had really oh, great matches with. I think that he He's should just very I, good with a particular type of but talent. I, I think he should keep beating up these dudes of his generation, and then eventually they all kind of become a team. They're like we're the seniors. <laughs> I meant like seniors in college, but not right. Like, we're like, the we're the fifth year seniors. <laughs> fifth year seniors stayed around a little bit. Fifth too year long. seniors would be a great would be like a great post punk band, and also it could be a great wrestling stable. Yeah, I mean... And we'll get Kevin Sullivan in his varsity jacket to come be the... sounds more like Bahama Rock, but sure. Okay. Anyway, next on the card, New Day versus Rusev and Aiden English, which it was who were called Rusev Day, um, for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I mean, are Rusev Day and Aiden English faces, They are they or are they heels still? What's going on there? I don't think they're either, and I think that's all you need to know about whether or not they're going to win. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's no way they're going to win. Although they're great, man. I mean, I, I got to admit, I was watching the match on Tuesday, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I was watching that Bar versus Rusev Day match, and I was just like, man, the world, like, what happened? Like, if there were a world in which Rusev and Cesaro were just feuding in singles, like, that would be fantastic. I mean, it's not like, I mean, look, you could have the double turn and have Lana make out with Aiden English or something, and... And she turn and, and then like you know she takes Sheamus and Cesaro. They they need a fresh coat of paint for sure. So I mean that's not a bad you know like why not, why not turn Rusev into a full blown face you know full blown face is the, is the other name of my band the uh, um, yeah no I, I just don't I mean I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Although for the purposes of this match, I, I mean unless. I mean, I guess there's a chance that Rusev they that they wanted to put the tag belts on Rusev uh, just because they didn't have anything else for him, and they decided that a while ago. And then and New Day were sort of transitional champs, but yeah, I don't think that's the title that's changing on this pay per view. Um, I think there's one title that's changing. It's so funny, man. SmackDown is a better show than Raw. Not this oh. week. Not this. I mean, this no, week, this week I thought was pretty good. This week was just kind of coin flip, but like it's so it's it's so much of a better, oh, a better program show than Raw. For but sure. you see. It's funny that you see this thing where like 
the better, the not better, but the more vibrant the tag team divisions are, especially when they're di- divided up by brand, like the more sort of frozen they are, right? Because unless you have like... Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made about that in the, almost the early WrestleMania days, late 80s with the Hart Foundation and the Rockers and the British Bulldogs. And I mean, it was very, it was a similar situation where those guys were so good as a tag team, they can't break out into singles, but they're also a popular st- tag team, but they don't really... You know, I guess that you know the Hart Foundation went from heels to faces, but yeah. as, a, as a unit, they don't really change that much. Well, you got—I mean, at some point, they're going to have to figure out a way to get like multiple tag. I mean, I now with the combined, with the combined shows, um, and with the with the with the com- with the dual branded pay per views, they are going to you know probably have a couple tag team matches on every pay per view. But even on like, they got to figure out a way. This is like the women's division; they got to figure out a way to make secondary feuds matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're going to have the best tag team division in all of sports, <laughs> we, there needs to be some way to have like, like Kenda Usos and whoever, and like the bar and Sanity and all these other teams. And like not, how can we not find time on TV for them? There's just a lot of wrestlers and they're doing dual. There are a matches. lot of wrestlers. That's what I always say. There's a lot of wrestlers. Okay. So we spent a lot of time on that one too. And we got a lot coming up. Let's just uh, let's just uh, move on over to. I just mentioned the women's division. Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. Is there any way that Alexa Bliss wins this? No. Ronda Rousey has her ribs. No. Kayfabe her no, ribs. No, no, no. They're doing Nikki Bella versus Ronda. They're going to turn Nikki heel. There's no way they do that. Nikki, and we, I don't think we even need to spend much time on this one. It's Ronda's going to win, and it's maybe she'll win in a less convincing fashion than she did SummerSlam. But the one critique I'll say. It's like she Alexa Bliss kicked her in the ribs. No, it was a good kick, but like they should have beat the shit out of her. The fact that like The Rock got, like was run over by the NWO before WrestleMania 18 and was mm-hmm. still able to fight. Like they should have something done something similar to that where they really cuz to make Alexa Bliss versus Ronda at all realistic, you know, they had they had to have at least thrown her through a fucking announce table. Just hit her with a chair a hundred times. Yeah, they should have like really fucked her ribs up, but instead there was that kick and you know, Renee Young, which we shouldn't skip over, did, I thought, a great job on commentary during the match. Um, they were, they were uh, they, you know, they didn't outsteam with their job, and they kept bringing the ribs up. But we really, you know, we we needed a real, like, like bring out a kendo stick, some shit, dude, to sell the ribs a little more. <sighs> Always trying to sell the ribs. It's because you're a comedian. Uh, also, we're in a barbecue shirt. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Alexa Bliss. You're picking Ronda Rousey's definitely going to win. If they spend the whole sh- the whole match selling the ribs, you're right. After just like a little bit of a rib injury and a kick there, that's sort of weak. But that's probably what they'll do. the The other women's championship match we have Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't. I they they've made Becky too much of a heel, but I don't fucking care. I love both of these wrestlers so much, and love Becky, and love Becky wearing silly ass glasses and wig in the front row so that she can like yank Charlotte's hair and beat her up. There was something about it I thought was too heel, but then I remember like they used to do that with Austin Foley when they were faces all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I I don't know. I would, I mean, I think that the doing it while they did the selfie was, was what made it a heel move. Yeah. Um, and you didn't see her really cheering in the same, you know, like, but, um, yeah, it, I, I mean, I think Becky's going to win the strap, and uh, yeah, and Charlotte doesn't need to have the title right now. So I, I just think I just I, I love it. I, I love Becky. I hope she wins. I think she will win. Um, I guess Charlotte has a new T-shirt because she was wrestling in it. Yeah, Is she just trying to push that thing. I don't know those WWE T-shirts. You know, they're just a little bit too clunky for my liking. Whenever I buy one, I feel like I'm wearing you're the a, material. Yeah, I'm wearing like a tarp. Yeah. They need to do something. They need to get a better t-shirt model. Like my Macho Man shirt's awesome. They make some good stuff. I mean, they make the shirts themselves, the designs. Some of the designs are cool. Oh, you mean just, you're just talking about the fit. Well, they they have a million different, they have a million different manufacturers and and whatever. Like the styles vary by the style of shirt. There's something, anyway, but I agree. I want to, I just want to, I should go into business making, just making wrestling shirts not even like the like homage made some or there's some pro wrestling tees. Not I mean and and obviously there's like the roots of fight stuff, but just like the like the wrestling shirt you can wear anywhere. I'm gonna wear like the super embarrassed wrestling fans wrestling shirt where it's basically just like a plain black t-shirt, but like on like really small on the back. It's just like 
it just says 316. It doesn't even say Austin 316. <laughs> just says 316. You know, just like a very small, like if you're a wrestling fan, you can identify and do a little nod at the person, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, secret wrestling fan. If you'd be interested in really in like embarrassed secret wrestling fan t-shirts, uh, tweet at Jim. So Charlotte versus Becky, you're picking Becky? Yes. Man, I really hope you're right. I'm going to pick Becky just because that's, She's fantastic. I think if there's a title change, it's going to be that. This is a plan that has been in motion for a while. I hope that they have it pay off the right way. Also, Carmella is now apparently just our truth. Although, if you partner. really want to make Becky a face, you have her lose. But I mean, but she's I think, not a face. There's nothing face about this booking. I know. About booking, booking wise, if you wanted to book it as her as a face, but um, you have like some sort of Austin Bret Hart WrestleMania 13 ending where she didn't give up. Um, but I, I, I although think, I think al- they're just gonna put the strap on. Although you're right, Becky, the biggest possible isn't the biggest possible ending to Evolution. Becky, like doing like it, like if they like drag this out, Becky loses at Hell in a Cell, and then we have a rematch at at Evolution, and they kind of work some sort of double turn where Becky wins finally wins the title. And it's sort of and and the crowd just goes fucking ape shit. Isn't she the most? Won't she be the most over person at Evolution? Yeah, I mean, if you keep the title off of her, I mean, and then you do a double turn, then, and then you have Charlotte as a heel, and and then you could do Charlotte versus Ronda at Survivor Series, and then have Becky win at Rumble, and then you know Becky's the first person to take down Ronda. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Oof, I'd be tempted. Anyway, I'm going to pick Charlotte just because I love Becky. Does that make sense? I don't know. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Do you think that we will live to see a day in which their children are part of a, like a nine-person tag team match? I mean, The Rock's daughter is in developmental right now. Yeah. I think it's possible. I'm specifically talking about Bertie and what's Miz's daughter's name? Uh, Maz? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it was. She was just bored. Isn't it like Dakota or something? It's a very white name, whatever it is. Monroe. I don't like oh, Monroe. I don't like Monroe Sky, which sounds like a porn star. Sky is <laughs> what does, I was thinking. That, of. that, that don't you a, do not speak about people's children that way. It's yeah. super inappropriate. God damn it, Jim. What's your kid's You're name? Accurate. Oh, jeez. Chilling. I'm thinking about naming my kid Machaman. All one word. Macho oh, Ma- Monroe Sky. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Samoa Joe saying, "Oh, Wendy." <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Brie, is there any way that Ms. Maurice win this? There's no way you don't. No, I don't think so. You don't win like these like kind of funny mixed tags. No, things. I think Daniel Bryan and Brie win. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. I mean, I watched, for the WWE Championship. Go ahead. I think AJ's going to win, but I think there's a world where Samoa Joe wins. And shout out to, and I brought up this up last week. Shout out to the, you know, the children's book segment they did on SmackDown. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and it's also like. WWE, it's like it's a better story and it's creepier. Like, because during the Attitude Era, it would just be him basically going like, "I'm gonna fuck your wife and be your kid's dad," you know. And now, like, and because they can't go out and like say that shit, like they like kind of dance around it, and it almost makes it more compelling, you know, because it mm-hmm. lets the audience be like, "What does he mean by all this shit?" You know. Um, so it's been a really good build story wise. Same criticism that I have. I thought AJ did a good, had a pretty good promo, although the rent and I'm d- damn near soul line was a little cheesy, but it's still wrestling. AJ, when he's not in the ring and he's not wrestling, it just kind of looks weird. Whether it's backstage seg- segments or an empty arena, he just looks too normal. Whenever he's in the ring and he does a promo or he fights, he looks like a wrestler. Yeah. But whenever you take him out, it's like a comedian who's like, Really great live, but whenever they, you know, tape a special or do a late night set, you're like, there's just something like missing here. I'm not, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something about when he's in there. There's something more to Bret Hart, but he's even, yeah, when he's in the ring and he's talking promo, I believe everything he's saying. But when he's outside the ring, I just don't believe it. I don't know why. And sitting ringside doesn't do it for you either. There's hardly anybody who does it for me sitting ringside. I really, I, I don't like it when wrestlers get on ringside commentary with, I'm sure, and I'm sure somebody can tweet at me a couple exceptions, like when Stone Cold did it, and that's one of the things that first got him over, but um, for the most part, I, I don't, I think it just, you know, it's it interrupts the match, it's goofy, it never works. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think Samoa Joe wins this match. Whoa! I'm going to tell you why. He wins the title. Yeah. One, um, and, and, and I'm going to stipulate right now, all of my reasons are probably bad given that I should know better. Mm -hmm. But one, he deserves it. Yeah, that doesn't matter, but yes. You're, no, no, I'm just making the moral case here. One, he deserves it. And two, I have supported, I have nominally, I, 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 have, I have stood on the sidelines while many others criticized SmackDown having like four month long championship feuds where like the contender doesn't even win a match. You know, <laughs> they can't keep pulling this shit. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, I think it, I, I, honestly, Samoa Joe winning would be good for AJ too. And Give AJ, AJ a month month off, and then when he comes back, he's going to be fucking white hot. Yeah, so AJ Styles get, gets a month off. He just hit the 300-day mark right on his ranny. He's got a freaking... He's got the resume. He doesn't need to hold this belt forever. No. And when he comes back, he'll be... People will be just going apeshit. Plus, he's like in his early 40s. Give the guy a little time off. They really need to think about that, man. You know who looks great? Who? Dean Ambrose, the guy who just took nine months off. Yeah. I mean, you could say that about everybody. You could say that about fucking R-Truth right now. He hasn't been on WWE as much. And He's been like, touring and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And it makes the muscles grow bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should put it that way. Absence makes the, makes you, absence makes you fucking healthy. Yes. It's good for you. Okay, so we, eat your prayers and say your vitamins. Exactly. We have one more match to talk about. Bringing us full circle, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre have been forced, have been obligated by, I don't know what the fuck's happening on Raw, <laughs> by some weird contrivance. Now they have to defend like the a, titles a against Raw. that Dean Ambrose is friends with. I don't know. So, like, who cares? I mean, I thought that Dean Ambrose did the best he could with that segment. No, the no, cop, no, no, no. And they, the cop they had was actually pretty funny, I thought, for like, yeah, but is Most this cops. where you use your comedy shit? Again, th this is the shield. I mean, what the, the whole thing was stupid. What if the shield just... Axe handles? Are they out of shit to hit people with? I kind of like the axe handles. Can we stop using weapons that could actually kill someone? Like the sledgehammer or the, uh, you know, the bludgeon hammer, whatever the fuck that was. Giant sledgehammer. So, so you, so you, the axe handles are better than just straight up axes. I just want to make it clear. The sting bat. Use bats. Kendo sticks? I like kendo sticks, but I like them in a match. I don't really like them as a mode of like fending off an army. I feel like 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 billy clubs are the way to go. I mean, they match the shield's aesthetic. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's they're too short for me. Speaking of matching the shield's aesthetic, are you sad about uh, the authors of pain both sort of losing their name and also their entire look? Oh, they're now camo guys. Yeah, because they look too much. I assume because they look too much. I like I, the shield. I a hundred percent think that's what that was, and and they also have like weird shoulder pad thing. Like they look like they look like when offensive when when like football offensive linemen use like the smaller shoulder pads to give themselves more arm mobility. And they just look silly because they're like sitting on their shoulders like little cupcakes. It's really bizarre. It's also like, you know, I'm probably wrong about this, but like, if you're not Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, who looks good wearing camo? Has there been anyone else who's looked good wearing camo? Uh, but Sergeant Slaughter. Okay, are you talking about just wrestlers, or can wrestlers. I count like no, like I, outdoorsmen? I mean, outdoorsmen is fine, <laughs> but I'm trying to think who else has looked good wearing camo. Um. There are definitely some people. I guess Cena had that period where he was like, you know, Desert Storm Cena. But non-military gimmick camo. Green camo like that. I can't really think of a lot of people. I mean, they, they kind of look less like soldiers and more like bushwhackers. Dudley boys wore the urban camo. So oh, the bushwhackers, yeah. Yeah, I think, the, I think camo is kind of good, man. And the bushwhackers were good. The bushwhackers were the argument against it. The bushwhackers look fantastic all the time. Well... I mean, they're a fun, like but it's a, but it is like a little bit. It is a little bit weird. That funny, haha, -ha shit. It is a little bit weird. It's like there's all these examples of people splitting up, of WWE splitting up similar things onto different shows yeah. so that we don't have this problem. I was actually watching Jeff on Tuesday, thinking, I know they had to split up the Hardys, but did part of the reason that Jeff went to SmackDown is because like they didn't want to face paint guys on the Raw roster. They want to get them away from Finn. 
Like that, that has to pass through your head, right? At some point. I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, I, just, I mean, you know, like I said before, I just think SmackDown's a better show when you have, when I'm just as excited to see Adrian Almas, who's basically a rookie versus R-Truth, who's, you know, been booked uh, really awfully in the past, as I am Elias versus Finn Balor, then I think that there's a problem with Raw. But that's just my personal belief. I was just as excited to see that. I was almost a little bit more excited to see the Almas match because I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to let Almas win. This. Big Show also wore camouflage for a while. Yeah. I'm just going to keep talking to my camouflage now. All right. You know what? I'm fallible, guys. No, I agree. Smackdown, SmackDown's fucking incredible, and Almas has been, has been good. Really good. Um, there was a big rumor that came out this week that Vince is really impressed by him, and I we talked about this last week. That's what that bad promo he cut was. Exactly. That's what, that's what someone's saying... Vince is watching right now. Go do something. And he cut a bad promo, but Vince is paying attention. Um, and and it's clear that, you know, it's clear why. Could you imagine, like, how shitty your promos would be if English was your second language? Uh, it, it would be really bad. I mean, like, we always are like, oh, these guys have bad promos. Like, Nakamura is a great promo. If you, if you, if I grew up in, in the United States my entire life and then I had to do uh, promos in fucking Tokyo... I mean, it would be embarrassing. Yeah, no, it would be it would be really, really bad. Listen, we got we got this tag team match. It doesn't seem to me. Am I crazy to say that I think that like the belts are all going to go together? That like it'll either be the Shield with all the belts the next night, or it'll be the Anti Shield will have all the belts. I think that's a lot, nice thought. Um, and for that, and I didn't even think of that because I, I originally thought that the Shield were going to win the belts. I don't know. I think that that's a stipulation for the Super Show, right? Like, whoever gets pinned, you know, that's the belt, like, that goes with it. Like, either, 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 you know, Roman, either Roman and Seth lose their titles, um, or, you know, the tag team titles are lost. I mean, that that's an interesting gimmick. Um, so I would save that for the Super Show. And I, th- I, I just don't think that they're going to take them off Ziggler and McIntyre this quick. Yeah, and they're they're just a good they're a good tag team. Yeah, they're a very good tag team. Um, you know someone else who uh, <laughs> uh we got to get out of here. Someone else who wore the camouflage back in the day Ew. was uh, Ray Candy, who was a really incredible wrestler. No, he he wrestled down he wrestled all over the South, but in Florida, they took fairly successful two fairly successful or some very successful Af- African American wrestlers. Ray Candy and Bad Bad Leroy and Bad Leroy Brown. Is that Brown. GI Bro? That was later no. on WCW days. And it? they changed their name to Kareem Muhammad and Elijah Akeem. Oh, dubbed them the Zambui Express. Ugh, just keeps getting worse. Which was at times billed as the Muslim Connection. Okay. And they wore camouflage pants and shirts to the ring, adopting militaristic Muslim in-ring characters based to some extent on the Black Panther Party. Well, I mean, there's nothing surprising in anything you just said. They were heels in the South, no doubt. Uh, uh, faces, um, I guess. Nowhere. I guess in some places where the civil rights movement was active? I don't know. I mean, they were created in Florida. They wrestled around the <laughs> South. They made, I'm sure they drew lots of money and hopefully made, made lots of money for themselves. Made thousands of dollars. This episode of the Masked Man Show is a is in memory of the Zambui Express, Ray hey. Candy, uh, Badly Roy Brown, two of the greats. And hey, look, if you're really depressed about the Zambui Express going to funk, you buy my album. No real winners here on uh, 800 Pound Gorilla Records. Uh, also, I have another podcast that is wrestling based called Total F and Marks. Some people on Twitter have accused me of kind of being anti WD mark and just a, you know, a troll and somebody who just shits on the current project product. Well, tomorrow when I, the episode that I'm really saying total Evan marks is a fix it episode. Okay. So I play fantasy booker. I correct these problems and I just don't tear them down. I live in the solution folks. And I'm going to promise that's what that episode is going to be following week. We are going to watch greed. The last WCW pay-per-view myself, Dan Soder and James Mattern, and uh, who was at the Pritchard roast. And, the following week, uh, I'm going to be interviewing the Blue Meanie. So check it out. Also, I'm doing shows around the city.
<laughs> awesome. Uh, somebody texted me, I mean, DM'd me to say that you're, that you were the best person on the Pritchard Rose by far. Oh, wow. Did, was it from my dummy account? Huh? It was from my dummy account? <laughs> yeah. It was the, let me look it up. It was the Yeti was the, the account. Yeti. I don't ah. Um, apologies to Kevin Sullivan. Apologies to Dean Ambrose. Apologies to soiled bandages or what was it? Soiled... <laughs> <laughs> soiled causes. How, how were they got soiled? Apologies, Apologies to everybody who Apologies turned this podcast off halfway through the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> have fun watching Hell in the Cell. We'll be back here next Wednesday to talk about it. Uh, have a good weekend, humanoids. Take care. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. Every time he makes a comeback, it looks like he has had his hair cut on a dare. The Masked Man!